0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. longtime NFL reporter Aaron Wilson. Aaron, welcome to the show, sir.
0: Hey, thank you for having me.
1: Well, uh, you have been knee-deep in this Deshaun Watson hearing uh, I know that one other NFL reporter went on uh, Cleveland radio yesterday and said that Sue Robinson doesn't necessarily like that some of the public nature of this hearing has been leaked to people, has been leaked to the public. Uh, right. Have Have you heard that as well? And what implication might that have on the outcome of the Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, punishment situation?
0: Well, yeah, everything I've heard about Judge Robinson is she's been extremely professional and open-minded toward both sides' arguments, and that she hasn't been super caught up in leaks or media and things like that. I think that's something of a supposition that people make that it's sort of a no-duh that you'd prefer a closed hearing to not have leaks, right? If you're a federal judge, former federal judge, and you're this is your first case, and I think she also has an understanding that this is very high profile and it's a slow time in the NFL offseason. otherwise. So, you know, we're talking about very serious accusations and issues and it's a complex matter. And the two sides are, you know, diametrically opposed in terms of one side, the NFL wanting him to be out for at least this year. And the, NFL players association outside counsel, Jeffrey Kessler and his attorney, Rusty Harden, Deshaun's attorney who represented him successfully in the criminal prosecution where he wasn't charged by two Texas grand juries. They're willing to accept a much lighter punishment. And they have brought up the owners that have gotten kind of a you know slap on the wrist or some financial penalties, like in the case of Daniel Snyder for workplace issues, sexual harassment issues that have gone on with the commanders. So yeah. I, I don't really think it's all going to come down to a media leak. It's more just the facts and uh, statement of facts and things that have gone in. There were some pretrial motions or I shouldn't even call it trial hearing, some things that were denied uh, on behalf of, you know, the defense. And then, you know, there's been both sides presenting They had the opening statements. This is the third day. I expect it to be the final day. And, I don't expect a quick decision. I think that she will, you know, ask for them if they want to submit briefs. They'll have three days to do so. They can be up to uh, five pages. So it's going to be sort of a summation of their positions, respectively. And then I don't think three days is over and she's ruled. So to answer some of your questions on that, just anticipate. But I don't think media leaks to your original point is that relevant. There's been no play by play of the hearing. You know, I've I've heard some things about how it's gone, but yeah, it, for the most part it's been quiet. It's not like there's press at our office in Delaware. Deshaun Watson's been present. The NFL's been represented by their general counsel. Uh Lisa Fryl is the investigator. They've put in all of her findings. All of that was submitted and we're just wait. Uh but yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that yeah, you know, this is a hot button issue. Everybody wants an answer, but you know they're right in the middle of the hearing, and things don't necessarily move as quickly as people want them to. Everybody's like, "Oh, hearing's over. What's she gonna do?" It's not like that. I think she'll reflect on it all, and uh, you know, I would think the soonest we'd have a decision will be next week.
1: So, Aaron, with that in mind, it, it just kind of set the scene for us. You know, is this essentially a mock trial? Is this? you know, more, uh, a couple lawyers sitting around, uh, uh, a conference room table, like how, you know, what is the presentation of this and what is, you know, how does this play out?
0: I don't know if they've used her offices. She's a practicing lawyer now. So I'm not sure if they've used her private offices or if they've, you know, met in a conference, like at a hotel or something like that. But, uh, they're in Wilmington, Delaware, where she's based. And so that everyone, including, Deshaun Watson, he's been there for the first two days. They've all traveled uh, to Delaware, so it's essentially, it's on her turf. And no, it's not a courthouse, so it's a, they call it a disciplinary hearing, but yeah, it's it's something of a boardroom setting is my understanding. It's not a, and I, I just don't know, and really haven't made an inquiry, is it at her office or is it at a you know, like a hotel conference or convention type of thing. Uh, but yeah, Wilmington is, uh, you know, they're in any number of places where they could have that. And I don't think the setting is, is really very interesting, but yeah, as far as setting the scene, these are the, the principles that are involved. So the key players are his defense team, the NFL's general counsel and their legal team and the former judge, Sue L. Robinson.
1: Aaron Wilson, a uh, longtime NFL reporter. You also know his work from uh, the Pro Football Network on the guest line here, talking about the Deshaun Watson uh, disciplinary hearing. So once Sue Robinson does give her her suggestion or her ruling, what are the options from there for both the NFL and Deshaun Watson?
0: Right. What happens in terms of procedure, If she, this is under the revised personal conduct policy under the amended collective bargaining agreement from two years ago. If there's no ruling of a punishment, it cannot be appealed. It ends there. If there is any suspension, it can be appealed even by both sides. So let's say, you know, it's six games, the NFL is displeased. They can appeal it to Roger Goodell, or he can appoint another officer, hearing officer, to rule on that appeal. I would think he'd weigh in, but you know, I wouldn't want to speak for him. I don't know what his take is going to be on that, if he's going to want to handle it or not. And then what I think what would happen there is you know, just a deal where if it's considered something that, you know, let's say it's eight or ten or twelve or it's the year like they've asked for. And I think it would be appealed and it could even go to court at some point after that. It could they could try to seek injunctions like Ezekiel Elliott did. And I, I wouldn't rule out that this is, you know, not this is sort of the start, not the end of the disciplinary process. And you know, the expectation is that they're going to do some form of punishment. And it could be significant because this is really unprecedented, this many accusers and even though he wasn't charged, there's precedent when players aren't charged with crimes, like Ben Roethlisberger not charged, Ezekiel Elliott. But in those cases, there were one or you know a few accusers, and now you're dealing with 20 that he's reached confidential settlements with, four others, and then some other you know that have been interviewed but didn't file a lawsuit or file a criminal complaint. So you're total, you know, you're getting close to about 30. Uh, and I think that the number is the pattern, the alleged pattern, that's the problem for the NFL. And, you know, many have asked me, well, why do they have the conduct policy? You know, obviously they want to have some standards for employee conduct. They want the league's image to be good. Uh, a lot of that has to do with public relations. I think there's a concern that if you don't, you know, have any, you know, basically like, oh, we're just going to play everyone, you know, that's even if they are, you know, let's say they're eligible to play, meaning someone's a citizen of the United States, allowed to work, and they're not in jail. If it, You know, basically, if you had no standard that we're just going to let the guys play and that's it, I think eventually you lose sponsors. And that was a concern for the NFL why they started the policy in the first place is because they worried that they were having an image problem. And if they were worried about it, they probably were having an image problem. And now in in the Me Too era, I think if they look like they haven't taken this seriously, you know, if they were just to, you know, give them a slap on the wrist or not seek heavy punishment, then they look bad. And, you know, these are serious accusations. And, you know, I'm not the judge. I, I don't know, you know, there's never been a, time where we were able to really go through a lot of the merits of them. There are a lot of things that were stated in, you know, the lawsuits and a lot of things have been said by, you know, there've been interviews with some of the accusers. Uh, there's been press conferences. There's been a lot from Tony Busby, the plaintiff's attorney, and Deshaun Watson has maintained his innocence throughout. So someone, there's a, obviously a big difference between those two sides, right? Where, you know, he's saying he's done nothing wrong. They're saying he's done a lot wrong. And now, Judge Robinson, she's got to determine who does she believe? What does she find compelling? And does she think there's enough to punish him? And, you you know, you think the odds are against him, uh, obviously, but, you know, it's tough to make predictions. This isn't a football game. This is a courtroom. This is a hearing. So for me to say, well, this is for sure. I was pretty sure that he wouldn't be charged criminally, based on the fact that there was no DNA, audio, or video evidence to really corroborate the claims. And that made it tough for the district attorney and Rusty Hardin's, you know, successful, you know, really illegal heavyweight here in Houston. So that's different, but this is a different standard of proof.